1: We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC two fifty two, the main event we have been waiting for for a while. Take my money, pay per view that I am willing to pay for. stipe miotrich taking on Daniel Cormier three, capping off their trilogy. Cannot wait for this fight with you as always. I am your host of Fight IQ, the daily fantasy sniper, the co-host, the analyst, the important guys on the show. Chris Olsen, you find him on Twitter, at RealChrisOlsen. Joe, also better known in the DFS sphere as Sun Tzu. Guys, you ready for 252? I'm ready. You know, for, for whatever reason, like when this fight was running up, I
2: didn't care about it so much. But the past week or so, I've been really getting into the, the whole trilogy thing and uh, built around it. We, we got a nice DFS card, too. We got um, even even the prelims that they're not, you know, like they're not fights that an average fan might like, but they're they're interesting for DFS purposes. So, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, I, I
0: think couldn't I couldn't agree with you guys more. I mean, this is such an interesting card. No matter which stand you want to take, if you want to do stars and scrubs, there are lineups that can be built. If you want to go mid range, I mean, there is. I don't know that anyone with any high level of confidence could say that you know there is a steadfast strategy other than stacking the main event in cash. I mean, I think that's probably the one thing that we all agree is plus Marab. Yeah, yeah. Well, plus Marab, which is the, which is essentially, you know, you get, you had two hundred points if you stacked uh, Cormier and um, Miocic in his last fight. So I think that's going to be a pretty popular stack. But there's so many other ways to go, mix and match. That um, I am really spreading. I reserved a hundred entries in the twenty. I'm probably going to reserve fifty more and, and fully max out. Um, this contest is a bit more of an even distribution, even though it's a million guaranteed, it's 200 K to first. Um, there is a way because of the, because of the structure that you could actually make some ROI and and not have the nuts. So um, I'm kind of looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, definitely going to be a fun card. 11 fights. We did have Kutalaba and drop off, which would have been a good GPP fight too, but you know, for an 11 fight card, it's actually pretty interesting for DraftKings. It looks like you know no other issues are expected to pop up. We got through weigh-ins unscathed. Knock on wood. So we're gonna break down these 11 fights. Want to shout out everybody in chat. Thank you guys. You know questions in there, all that stuff. If you're here live, we appreciate. It. Record these Friday nights before pay per views. As always, make sure you go to rotowire.com/free for a 10 day free trial to all of their premium content. No credit card required. Also, su- subscribe to the RotoWire podcast and YouTube channel RotoWire on YouTube, RotoWire MMA on iTunes. No more pleasantries. Let's talk face punching. First fight up, though, man, one that was thrown in last. These first two fights are just, they're a bit of a mess, but one is good for DFS and one not so much. And this one is on the not so much train. Kai Kamaka, eighty nine hundred, it on Tony Kelly at seventy three hundred. Kamaka is a minus two fifteen favorite. Kelly plus one ninety five. Kamaka fought two weeks ago. Um, back, you know, goes to a lot of goes to a lot of decisions. Tony Kelly, on the other, on the other hand, very inactive career. I think one fight in the last four years. It was not that long ago, but long layoff um, prior to that. For my money, give me Kamaka. I think he takes a decision here. The one thing that's interesting uh, outside of the breakdown, some narrative, is that this fight is so short notice. We know Kamaka just had a fight, so he's probably in shape. If Tony Kelly comes out, you know, is he going to have that Justin Janes approach from a few weeks ago uh, against Camacho where, hey, I probably have five minutes of gas. So let me just go bananas and try and get a knockout. Then this fight would be great for DFS. I don't get that feeling here. He doesn't seem like that type of fighter. He's usually pretty calculating too, but that's kind of the extra narrative, the game plan where this fight is good for DFS. Uh, I am taking Kamika for the win. And because since I started with narrative, I led with narrative this week. I have to let Joe go first.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to add here. I mean, I, I'm probably going to just lean to the dog. Um, if for no other reason, than, um I don't, I see a lot better value at the price point on DraftKings um, in that upper tier. And, you know, he is classified as an upper tier guy. Um, if you really have a strong take on this fight, I think that he is going to be way under owned at his price point. So there's certainly value there if you really, really like the favorite. Um, I don't expect I'm going to have a lot of exposure to this fight, but the little exposure I do have will be at the do- on the dog at 7.3 K. So again, not a real strong opinion here. And I'm not really endorsing playing this fight a lot, but in what at least on paper looks like a fairly close fight. Uh give me the seven point three K guy. Chris, what do you got? Um somebody in the chat asking if Kelly I missed that. Did
1: Kelly miss weight? I don't I do not think anybody did. Uh, give give your breakdown. I will look it up while while you're talking.
2: Okay. Um yeah, I I, I kinda uh side with Joe. Not not in the in the dog, I'm actually uh Picking the favorite, just in the fact that I, I'm not really sure what to expect of this fight, kind of because of what you mentioned. Uh, Sean Kelly is um, is coming off the long layoff, and um, but but I, I do I do like uh, uh, what's his what's his name Kamika. I do like Kamika here. I, I think he's got look. The, both of these fighters are pretty athletic. I think Kamika is is more so. He's got a good kicking game. He's got a little bit of wrestling he can do. And you talked about uh, Tony Kelly having only one fight uh, since 2016, and that was a short fight in itself where the guy got taken down – or the guy took him down, and then he just guillotined him. So it wasn't much of a fight. So hard to know what to uh, expect from him. He looks like a little bit more of a counter-striker to me, although he does tend to stand a little bit more upright. I think that Kamika looks like he's got uh, the more complete game – the more well-rounded game, um, so I'm gonna lean him. I, I wasn't expecting this fight to be priced so wide, just because you know I, I don't I don't know how we can get a sense. I, it's probably because of that uh, Kelly layoff, but um, I, I I don't know what to make of it quite so much either. But I'm I'm scared to, to really fade it entirely because um, just sort of maybe a superstition of uh, the first fight of the night uh, setting the tone and and, and me not uh, being involved too much. So. That superstition might might make me play it a little bit more, but yeah, I'm not really focused on the fight too much. But I am picking the favorite.
1: By the way, Kelly did make weight. Uh, two guys did miss weight in this. Herbert Burns missed by a wide margin, one forty nine and a half. Yes, probably not that big of a deal in terms of. Um this fight, how it'll affect it, honestly, he missed by a wide margin, so probably didn't cut super hard to make there. I'm more worried about his long term future at 145, quite honestly, as he gets bigger, but we'll see. Uh, the more concerning one is TJ Brown, 146 and a half, missed it by a half pound. I think that was a rough cut. Um, and he's a guy who's gassed in the past, so that's that's a little concerning to me, but we'll talk about that when we get there. But those are your two weight misses on this card, both guys forfeiting 20% of their salary and not eligible for performance of the... By 90%. the way,
2: I, I forgot to do the cameras. I'll do it from now on. Don't worry, guys. I'm on top of it.
1: Nah, you're fine. All three of us can be there. Um, next up, I'm going to widen the screen a little bit. Parker Porter, 8,500, Taken on... Oh, God. Is, is, I, I didn't even know his first name. I had to look it up for a second. Chris Dawkins, Not his brother. It's Chris Dawkins at 7,700. This line is closed to a degree that... To me, is kind of baffling. Quite honestly, it's a pick 'em now. You got odds value here on Dawkins, Parker Porter minus one ten, Chris Dawkins plus one hundred. Guys, Chris Dawkins is not his brother. His brother wasn't that great, but he sucks. You can argue. Here's the problem: Parker Porter also sucks. Um, I do think Porter is slightly better, has advantage on the ground. I'm leaning Porter, and I like it for GPP because the odds value is. Going to have people on Dawkins. Play Dawkins as well. You play both sides of this fight, but I'm taking Port. I'm against the line movement here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Dawkins is a little better than you think he is, but I do agree with you that, I mean, it's a regional heavyweight fight. So, I mean, they both suck. What can we, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to push back on you you too much there. I mean, what can we reasonably expect? I actually think Dawkins' hands are, are a little sharper than I expected them to be. He actually fought, um, uh, z on the guy who was on the contender series and then popped for uh steroids i think and we haven't seen him since but uh he actually got got knocked out by him after uh taking a pretty uh decisive first round but anyway uh he's got a wrestling game that he goes to sometimes or at least he did in that fight and again i think his hands are actually pretty sharp um i i, I really think uh porter is is not good i think um He's probably the more of the plotter, although none of these neither of these guys moves particularly well. I think I think Porter's more of the plotter. I do think Porter probably has a little bit more power, but I think the um, technique advantage uh, might go to Dawkins here. I think Dawkins gets the finish here. You should have both of these guys. Um, it's either going to finish really quickly or it's going to be the worst three-round fight you've ever seen. Um, so you're going to have to manage risk that way. I'm going to go for that. It's going to be more of the former than the latter. Um, And my pick is going to be Doppius.
1: I don't care what these two do. They're going to be aggressive enough to be better than than Nganu versus uh, Derek (laughs) Lewis. But point taken.
0: Joe.
2: Joe, you're muted, buddy.
0: Porter, if for no other reason than he's fought better competition. Um, I I don't know why you have a 35-year-old debuting um, in the UFC against a 30-year-old. Um, they're obviously scraping the barrel to find, uh, to fill out cards here, um, you know, absent being able to get the European uh, and South American fighters to the U.S. to fight. So um, I guess I'll, I'll take Porter just for that reason alone. Although this is another fight that I don't expect to have a great deal of exposure to, irrespective of the line value that Docus presents. I, I'm not a big believer um, maybe somebody can convince me. Frank A obviously loves Chris Dawkis. I-, I would love to know why. Um, you know, nothing that I've seen has this guy as a stellar fighter. He's fought inferior competition. Um, I'll take Michael Porter, but um, again, the first two fights on this slate are not fights that I'm looking to have a great deal of exposure to. You well, don't you don't think you even mean, as a, just a
2: sloppy uh fight that the, where the guys aren't that good, you don't think this finishes as regional heavyweight?
1: I sure. think you have to have some expo- exposure here. Minus two eighty-five to end inside the distance. Yeah, I don't know. And the um, darkest on in the distance is plus one sixty, which, oof, that's that's better odds than I thought it was. And Porter inside the distance should be right here.
0: It's a GPP fight. I'll, I'll probably be. Yeah, that's with, what you got. whatever ownership is. I'll, I'll take a look at.
1: Trying to find where where my where my inside the distance. Props here for uh, for Porter. This is going to bother me. I can't let this go, guys. Porter wins by decision. Porter and how the distance is. Oh, it's also plus 160. Weird. That's why I couldn't find it. Dawkish round one plus. Actually, Porter plus round one plus 350. Like, yeah. Fight fight won't start round two plus 155. So, I mean, I think it's a a really strong GPP fight that I think people are going to want to stay away from. Um, something sad. That, I mean, Tajik. I I mean, I, I didn't even know how to say your name. I, I screwed up every time. Porter is top fifteen. I love you, Bud. But <laughs> woof. I don't
2: know.
1: I mean, I mean, heavyweight is a friggin wasteland. So you make that argument, I guess. But um, I mean, yes, Joe. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel, but they're they always do that with with heavyweight. If you're yeah. a big dude and you want to throw hands, you can win a couple of regional scene fights. Welcome to the UFC. Yeah. So,
0: Looks like Brett Apley has got Porter at twenty four percent ownership and has at twenty eight percent ownership. Um, I'm not sure where you know everybody else is. Let's let's see where where DFS Army might be in terms of ownership.
1: giving away everybody everybody's yeah, stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: giving away. I'm giving away two ownerships. That's it. I, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm giving full to the uh, to the sites that I'm actually. Yep. The information
1: from, as, uh, yeah, but we charge for it. I'm just busting, guys. Take notes as, as, as the DFS army rep here. I will tell you that I will give our ownerships for this fight just because I think it's interesting. Uh, your take on it here, and this is the only we fight have you're
0: getting ownership from for yes. uh, Docus, Wow,
1: we have Docus at 17 percent. that's lower good. than I thought,
0: 22 percent, which is right on top of where. Aptly has it at 24, and then you guys, got- personally, I'm way over on this fight. Then to both sides,
2: I, I think it's a good move, I like it.
1: Now I'm concerned, I'm just kidding,
2: <laughs> as you should be. Yeah,
1: all right, let's let's try to spend a little bit too much time on that. But next up, oh, good, Joe's first for this fight, Lavinia Souza 8600, 8600, taking on Ashley the Spider Monkey Yoder at 7600. Uh, line on this fight. Sosa minus one fifty, Yoder plus one forty. Yoder can wrestle. Soza BJJ is her best aspect here. Um, on the feet, I don't think neither one of them are very sharp personally. There's also a big size advantage in this fight. Fu- in this fight for Yoder, um, I think she'll be able to keep it upright. Counter wrestling feet. It's super close. Yoder could get some late takedown. Stay out of a submission. Neither one are that good to me. I'm gonna to lead toward lean towards the underdog, but I don't think it's a good fight to play for DraftKings. But I'll mix in some Yoder because if she's the only only underdog who wins on this card, she's got a shot for the nut. So give me a little bit of Yoder, and she's my pick here in a close fight. Joe.
0: Well, I think honestly, I think you know a more compelling fight would have been for several reasons. Would have been Harrig against Yoder and Yanroba against Souza. Um, you yes, know, Yoder against Yoder against Herrick would have been, you know, a Vaseline fight, um, you know. But S- uh, Souza versus uh, Ian Roba would have been, you know, more competitive in my mind. Um, I I like the Brazilian gangster here. Uh, I think she um, is is much better than Ashley Yoder. Look, Ashley Yoder is long and has got limbs and can you know throw up submissions. But I, I have to believe that. Souza is better everywhere. She's a, she's an acclaimed black belt in BJJ. Um, she's a better striker, former Invicta Strawweight champion. Um, I, that's why I think this would have been a better fight in Ropa versus Souza. would have had two former Invicta Strawweight champions fighting each other. But this is what we're getting here. Um, give me the Brazilian gangster all day. Chris? So I, I like Joe's, um, Joe's
2: compliment of Ashley Yoder there. She's got limbs, which is which is the highest praise you can give to a fighter, I think but um, I, I I would actually take um, I would tell something you said that which is um, Souza's the better striker here. I, I'm not seeing that. at, at least um, Yoder is 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 a little bit more ag- aggressive. Uh, Souza all she really wants to do is sit back and blast the kicks and and when somebody pressures her, I feel like she just sort of gets bottled up and uh, and accepts the pressure. But the thing about her is, as you said, BJJ black belt, but she doesn't go for takedowns all that often. She sort of likes those judo throws in the clinch. And um, I don't know, like Yoder, she's obviously a better BJJ player than Yoder, but Yoder never been something in her career. She got an active guard. I think that can help her in uh, in the bottom game there. I don't, I don't imagine that she'll sub Sousa or anything, but I think it can help her stay alive. And I just think on the feet, the activity... And uh, the aggressiveness from Yoder is going to be enough. And and Sosa just really doesn't do enough in a fight if she's not getting takedowns, and she doesn't do that often enough for me. So I'm going to side with Sean here, and I'm sticking with the dog.
1: Moving on, moving out. We have TJ Brown, the aforementioned missing weight by half a pound. TJ Brown at 8,800, taking on Danny Chavez at 7,400 line on this fight. Uh, T.J. Brown, the favorite, minus 150. Come back on Chavez, plus 140. Fight goes, does not go to decision, minus 155. I don't even care about that. All in on this fight. These guys do not go to decisions. Minus 155 seems low to me. I'm probably going to bet that. Not a betting advice show, but for what it's worth, <laughs> I think that's too low. Um, T.J. Brown is just all action. Go, go, go. Looks for grappling. Got choked out from while in side control last time out or how have being in jordan griffin having jordan griffin inside control and somehow got finished in a spot where you're supposed to get a von flu choke i don't know how it happened but it did we've seen him gas out that's the worry here danny chavez finishing people um on the regional scene also both these guys in their career have been to decision once Uh, i think tj brown's able to grapple here more volume probably just a little better everywhere the weight cuts a little bit of a concern but give me TJ Brown, and regardless, uh, I have plenty of both sides of this fight, Chris.
2: Yeah, I, I you know, I just don't like pretty much anything that um, TJ Brown does. He does wrestle a lot, and that's good for us. But like, he's just got no positional awareness. He's got—he's one of those these guys who like he's got a lot of either um, sub or get subbed because that's what he does is just sort of flop around. Like I I was actually on Twitter during that fight. If I can brush my shoulders off after that first round, I said, I'm calling it TJ Brown is going to get subbed here. And he got subbed just because he kept putting his neck in exactly the same spot time and time again. And eventually, and by the way, we've seen a lot of those uh, power, high elbow guillotines. Those, those are the move. Those get finishes. Uh, We just recently saw one with Darren Stewart too. Those are the ones to get the finishes but um but yeah I mean he's got he's he's got some nice leg kicks on the feet he can he can throw a counter but he's just really open to be hit when he's not countering um like if he like if he leaves like he needs to be the one on the counter and Danny Chavez is just gonna be a lot faster than him on the feet um I just don't think that his game is educated at all and I think that like Anybody who's in there with him for more than a round is going to be able to figure him out if that even needs to happen. Uh, I'm taking Danny Chavez. Uh, if uh, if Brown wins, he's probably going to win by a lot because he's probably going to get a lot of takedowns in there. So I have some of him, but just as as a game, I just don't like anything he does really. So my pick is Danny Chavez. Go. Yeah. So uh, I've,
0: I like Brown here, and I like him a lot on DraftKings. Uh, 63 points in a second round loss by sub, um, seven takedowns. Um, you know, which I don't see any reason why he can't get takedowns again here um, against Chavez. I I think this is a good fight to target. I will have shares of Chavez just because I do see this fight fin- finishing inside the distance. However, of the two, I think Brown is is got the better MMA game. So I am um, in on Brown here.
1: Moving on, moving out. Virna Jandaroba nine thousand taken on Felice Herrig at seventy-two hundred. Jandaroba minus two ninety. Felice Herrig plus two sixty. Uh, when I first looked at this fight, the line was Vierna minus minus three ten. Look, I know Verner good, and I know Herrig is coming off of a two of an ACL injury and and some time off. But minus three ten, uh, uh-uh. that don't feel right to me. It just does not. I am picking Vierna to win. Um, The issue is when this fight hits the ground, Vienna's probably going to get a submission. Felice Herrick, though, has got good takedown defense in the past. I know she was taken down by Michelle Watterson, but over her career has had some good takedown defense. She's really strong. And from a DraftKings perspective, so at some point I think Vienna gets it or just control or finds a second, third-round submission. But from a DraftKings perspective, if Herrick just keeps this fight in the feet for the first five minutes, or there's a feeling-out process, or there's not a first-round finish, Sosa just cannot make the optimal line. Um, so Janderoba cannot make the optimal lineup, it'll be really hard unless there's a second round with a ton of advanced positions. Um, I just I'm not counting Felice Herrig out this much yet. I do think she is the underdog here, the aging fighter coming off an injury. I get all that, and I'm not saying Vierna isn't better. I just minus 300 better feels, feels yucky. Um, you can get a little bit of Janderoba because she will be low owned. Um, when a high priced woman fighter typically is so. I mean, I can mix in 10 to 15% my GPP and maybe be field weight or a touch under. Nothing will kill you. I just, um, I don't love the spot here. And Felice Herrick, I'm going to mix in a little bit because if she can, you know, if she can use her strength to keep it upright and keep it in the clinch, like she's physically, I think, stronger than Vierna. So there's a path there, not a high scoring path, but she's super cheap. So Virna's the pick. Felice is live. Um,
0: Joe. Okay, so it's a little early for a hot take. Uh, I will have more Jandroba than uh, Sean O'Malley um, in my DraftKings lineups. Um, I look, Felice Herrig got taken down by Michelle Waterson with a head and arm throw, guys. Um, Jandroba is one of the most acclaimed Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belts in the weight class. Um, one loss in her entire career, and that was to Carla Sparza. So. You'd ask me, Joe. What did she do against Carla Sparza? one of the best wrestlers at one in 115? Three takedowns, two advance, two reversals, and five advances. Scored 49 points in a decision loss against Carla Sparza. She went. She took on Mallory Martin. Okay, three takedowns, five advances, scored 114 points in a second round sub on DraftKings. Uh Felice Herrick, 35 years old, uh, coming off a nearly two-year layoff. Um reconstructive knee surgery, I believe. Um, Jan Joba, former invicta champion at 115. This fight will get to the ground. Remember, guys, is a smaller cage. Not that her not that it's in Herrick's nature to run, but if she was, there's not a lot of room to run. Um, Ian Robo will get a Brazilian jiu-jitsu takedown, will get a takedown relatively early, will finish Felice Harrick, who has been a money machine for me either betting on her or being against her. I don't think I've got a Felice Herrick fight wrong in the last four years. Um, so I really like Verna here. I think she's going to be underowned. I think she's sneaky. Now, if this goes to decision, it's not going to be a high-scoring fight. You are looking for grappling points. In her two fights, uh, she's had 17 significant strikes against Esparza and seven significant strikes in her second-round sub-win against uh, Mallory Martin. So all the all her points are going to come from grappling. So that's what you're looking for here. That's what's going to get her on the optimal. Um, I think she's a sneaky play because everybody is going to like uh, fighters above her and fighters below her. Um, so I am going to have more exposure to her than I will to Sean O'Malley.
1: Chris?
2: Yeah, can I just say, can we get a GoFundMe for Joe to get a new camera? I mean, this...
1: Looks like a Sega C D uh uh video, if you guys remember <laughs> that. Listen, listen, we all like Joe, it's not about the money. I know I know exactly where he's sitting. He's on his nice recliner. Says lots of, it's it's not about money, it's about comfort. And you're not all getting right. that man out of this chair. I can <laughs> like, I can uh,
0: appreciate that because look at my hair. But uh, where, uh, yeah, so. I mean look, yeah, Chris has got his has got his little you know, his his serial killer hair going, his Che Guevara. You
1: yeah. like pretend to pretend to brush your hair before we start the podcast. We do this once a month now. Hey, look, this is—I told Joe this is bedhead.
2: People pay a lot of money to get their hair to look like this. I do bedhead. I do it naturally. I'm I'm very blessed in that way. But um I, I'll take over. And I'm going to say that uh, Joe, you I think are going to get your first Felice Herring fight wrong in five years. You're so. not picking
1: her straight up, are you? I'm
2: going to, I see, I, I agree with you that the line is off, but you got to go the whole way. Oh my go God. And,
1: I can't go that far.
2: And that's what, look, here's, here's the, there's a couple things here. Number one, is that a lot like, I mean, th- these dynamics I think are pretty similar, uh, from the last fight from the, uh, so fight in that, um, uh, uh Jandaroba might be even a little more useless on the feet, a little more, um, uh, uh aggressive. useless on the feed. Whew. Being tagged up. Well, you know, I was looking for uh I'm 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 going with the spicy uh the spicy words here to uh get interest. But um yeah, I think that um she's gonna be very vulnerable to um a fighter in Herrick who again is a lot of pressure. I think her boxing game has improved. And as far as Jander getting the sub, I mean uh, look, uh, Herrig, another fighter, never been tapped out. And she has, what, 21 fights, 22 fights, never lost by submission. She's a Jeff Curran purple belt. I mean, that's not a joke. Um, and look, I got, I got to tell you something. This might be a long shot, but John Robot was putting her neck in a lot of guillotines in that Mallory Martin fight.
1: I would be stunned if that you happened. Have, I'm just saying. Hang, you have a hang on. I I, I got to find this. I, I need to find it. I'm calling timeout and your breakdown because I got to see what that, what this is. Felice Herrig wins submission. By, by submission. What is this bananas bet? Because it, it should just be your hot take. $12.50?
0: Uh, I got to find it. Yeah, why, why you guys are looking that up. I've seen some comments in chat. Well, Felice Herrig is in great – Felice Herrig is always in great shape. I mean, she knows how to train. You know who else was in great shape when he fought Mike Tyson? He was in great shape when he got knocked out in his last fight. And he it's a lot easier to get to be in physically good shape than to be in fighting shape. So I think everybody should just take a pill when you talk about how great a shape Felice Herrig is in because she's always in great shape.
1: Herrig by submission plus 2100. <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think that's that's got to be it
2: that's guy and I, I think me and Joe should start a separate show called uh, bedhead and the 180p camera I think that's our
0: go I I'm he is he is the, the creator of my of my chase Sherman is better than compound interest video yeah
1: uh, should, I should cut up all the ridiculous hair hair and beer styles that Chris has had in this on this podcast there because it's, it. it's it's I mean if you weren't sitting in a house, I swear you were homeless. Like no.
2: I.
0: That's uh, anyway. that's
2: the nicest thing anyone's ever
0: said to me. Yeah, you gotta understand, that's, with Chris, it's it's a function of hair products or food. So he's obviously <laughs> choosing food over hair yeah. products.
1: <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, I, I, sorry, sorry, Chris. You you may finish your Felice Herrig is going to submit Vienna agenda Well,
2: and I, I'm just saying, Mallory Martin. I, some of those were pretty tight looking and. And Herrick is a much better grappler. I think she has four or five subs on her record. So, you know, I don't know. I just, I, I look, to be clear, I don't expect that to happen. I think it, it, there's a non-zero chance that it happens. But I, I do just think that um, the, 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 wide, the wider point here and, and the more serious one is that um, Herrick's never been subbed in her career. I think she'll be able to stay safe. And if she can stay safe and sort of just sort of play guard and get back to her feet, I, I really think she's got a chance to take this on the feet. So um, I agree with you, Sean. The line is way off, and because of that, we're capitalizing, and we're taking
1: Felice Herrick. All right, I'm a little less aggressive than that. I'll have some fear now. Jim Miller, 8,300, taking on Vince from Hell Pichel at 7,900, a fight you could have seen in the UFC seven years ago. You get it now, though. Pichel is now the favorite, minus 120. The line has flipped, and I get it. He has passed here, but... Call me a Jim Miller fan. Call me a sucker. You know, we had him against Roosevelt Roberts. Made a bunch of money. Um, Miller, I think, I have a hard time, unless unless Pichelle flattens Miller and knocks him out, which I don't think is going to happen. I mean, sure, it's MMA, it could. But I don't see a way in which Miller loses the first round. I think he's quicker on the feet. He's got the kicks. He's, you know, sneaky submission grappler. Unless he hunts for a submission the whole first round, I guess. And doesn't get it, Maybe. Uh, it's more of an issue. Is Jim Miller going to fade? Cause the second Holtzman got on top of him, like we had a problem. Pichelle could do that. Pichelle's a good wrestler. Miller, just the movement, the kicks, the, the BJJ, um, prowess here. I just, I'm edging Jim Miller just a little bit everywhere. Pichelle, it's probably though more likely to break the slate with a large number. Um, that being said, I don't have a ton of this fight, um, either way. So uh, Miller is the pick and really there's so many fights I do want to target and I'm picking Miller. I might just be under on Pichelle and just take a chance here. So give me Jim Miller. Uh, Chris.
2: Yeah, I uh, I started out picking Miller, but I, I ultimately went over to Pichelle. I just think that um, um, Miller's tendency to get himself backed up, especially in the small cage here is not going to do too well. Like you saw in that Scott Holtzman fight, he was, he was getting himself backed up and, and landing that left hand well, but that's kind of all he was doing, and eventually Holtzman figured it out, and um, that was pretty much uh, the fight from there. I, I just think that um, Pichelle, as you said, um, Miller's takedown defense, very not great. I think Pichelle can uh, can get him down a lot, and I, I think he's too veteran to um, get guard subbed. I, I don't uh, – don't see that happening. So I I just think Miller's going to put himself in, in some bad spots here, as I said, especially in the small cage. And uh, so I'm going to I think the only way Miller really does win this is, is another uh, is another Matt scrambling Matt sub and I'm not seeing it. So I'm picking
0: for Oh yeah. I'm with Chris. Um, I think Miller will get more backed up than, you know, Chris eating a block of government cheese. Um, I definitely wow. see yeah I definitely like Pale here um I do think you know he's got he's got to watch his watch himself in the first round I think Miller would get a little tired um, I do there is line value on Pale I expect him to be pretty popular so watch out I'm not sure that if this fight goes to decision that it will score well but if you're looking for someone in that price range I think he could do a lot worse
1: I- Moving on, moving out. Mirab Devalishvili, 8700, taking on John Dodson at 7500. Mirab is minus 245, Dodson plus 225. Mirab, also known as DraftKings Gold, also known as The Machine, also known as the guy who's going to beat John Dodson. And I say with the pause because I've picked John Dodson in a, I was going to start swearing on the podcast, a lot of fights. I was crazy enough to pick him against Nathaniel Wood. Humble brag, I know. But you know, I'm the guy who's who's set up for John Dodson a lot. Anybody in the universe who's going to pick John Dodson, it was probably going to be me. 25-foot cage. I know he's quick. Marab just doesn't stop. And I, I think eventually, you know, the fifth, sixth takedown attempts are going to get there. And even if even if Dodson keeps it on the feet, which I don't think is likely, um, I think he's more likely to get taken down, pop up, taken down, pop up. Like we could see a lot of takedowns here. Dotson just doesn't have enough enough um enough volume to win a decision. And knocking out Marab, da- I mean Marab's cardio is too good, I think, to get Flash knocked out. I-, I I guess we'll see, but look, give me Marab. He's gonna be chalk. I'm eating the chalk. Your cash lineup starts, stack it up, play Marab Devalashvili. That's your cash lineup. If it's not you're doing something wrong in my opinion for cash games. Like that, that is the it's, the, it's the, build. Everyone's going to, most people are going to have, but those who don't make the mistake, my opinion, um, give me Marab, not much Dodson here, even in a win, not a ton of upside. So Joe.
0: Yeah. So Dodson has never given up in advance in his entire UFC career. However, um, he's 36 years old. He can't run, uh, because of the small cage or it's going to limit his mobility. Marab has got a three inch height advantage. He's going to have a strength advantage. Um, in an odd way, the lack of advances is gonna work somewhat in our favor here, in that I see a lot of rinse and repeat takedowns because Marab has never been good at holding people down during the best of times. So, you know, you could get another. Look, I don't expect 170 points that you got with Marab in his last fight because of the lack of advances, but Look, he's coming in at a lower price point. You are going to get your, you know, your your grappling points here. So yeah, give me Morab. Um, have a few shares of Dotson just because. Um, but he's really undersized at one thirty-five. Um, you know, I really like Marab here. Give me Merab.
2: Chris. So I think Joe hit on it, and for me, it's it's the strength advantage. Um, John Dotson has an eighty percent takedown defense rate overall. But since he's moved up to Bantamweight, he's been taken down. I I wrote it down uh, somewhere. I think it's um, uh, four of his last five, um, and those were all at Bantamweight. So I think the strength advantage uh, plays here, the smaller cage plays. uh, He's going to be so highly owned, and Dotson is – look, a guy. He's going to do what he does. He's going to back himself up. He's going to try to blitz out of the corner with – with uh, uh, barrages, and I expect him to have some success here. I expect him to land some shots. Uh, we've seen that Marab is tough, so I don't see it as that much of a concern. I could see I could see, um, I could see uh, Dotson having like a decent uh, first round maybe, but I think that overall uh, the takedowns are going to come rinse and repeat, and um, the smaller cage and the strength advantage really helps that. So, yeah, I'm taking Marab.
1: Moving on, moving out. Herbert Burns also missed weight. 8,900 taking on Daniel Pineda at 7,300. Pineda making his return to the UFC. Pineda, to his credit, his fights are not boring. Burns, big favorite, minus 260. Pineda, plus 240. Fight doesn't go to decision, minus 425. Load up on this one on DraftKings. Look, Pineda has been in plenty of scrambles just got popped by by usada by the way um or failed i don't know if it was Usada, but he failed a drug test fighting in pfl where everybody's juice so that's that's a thing um and he he scrambles a lot he gets in these scrambles and if you do that against herbert burns like jeremy kennedy is going to take your back herbert burns is going to put you to sleep that's pretty much how i see this one like i am pain is needs to keep it standing and even then it's kind of a close fight where you just limit burns upside. I don't think it's going to happen. Um both these guys are active. Give me Herbert Burns. Um one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh this fight we are starting with Chris.
2: Yeah, um this is a weird uh a weird uh stream. I agree with you pretty much completely here. I think that um Burns likes to play too much. Uh he likes to see if he can if he can grab that sub he likes to extend the grappling exchanges, and, and you're just not going to be able to do that here. Um, for that reason, he will get himself backed up and get himself in clinch situations.
1: You mean Pineda Burn- likes to do that? You said Burns does.
2: Uh, yeah, Pineda likes to do that. Uh, Thank you for the correction. Uh, Pineda likes to do that. and He likes to get himself backed up, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, mind getting clinched up. And this is just not the 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 time to play that game. I think um, Burns. Uh, g- gets him gets him down a lot. I wouldn't be surprised to see a sub here. Um, just not a good matchup for Pineda, in my opinion. Burns always makes me nervous because he's a little frantic and, um, you know, he can get hit with ch- a shot. But uh, I think uh, he's going to have this fight in his world pretty quickly. And once he gets it there, I think uh, he's just going to ride it home. So uh, Burns is the pick.
0: Yeah, not much to add. I mean, uh, Pinata has been, I think, popped twice for PEDs. Um, Interesting kind of bring back to the UFC based off of two failed drug tests, but um, I guess it might be interesting while it lasts. Uh, I think you have to rely on Burns, but you should probably have a few shares of uh, Pinata just as a hedge. The guy's got a lot of experience, a lot more than Burns. Um, So if if, you know, if Burns decides, if, if he falls off the hype train, you should probably have a few shares of Pineda. But, yeah, I I, I got to go with Hubert Burns here.
1: Moving on, moving out. Jarzinho Rosenstrike 8,400. Taking on Junior Dos Santos at 7,800. Line in this fight, Rosenstrike 120. Comeback on JDS, plus 110. We got Biggie Boy versus Chicano. Look, I, this is a spot I'm leaning towards the upset. Um and it's for this reason. Look, Rosenstrike, big power, but I think technically he's just not as good as Junior Dos Santos in a technical fight. And he was losing 24 minutes of the fight against um Overeen before he caught him, exploded his exploded his lip and getting in getting the knockout. So you know, stylistically, Dos Santos is in this fight. He, the problem is Dos Santos is old. And has been through wars and is definitely on the decline. So it's it's more of, I think you're picking against how shot you think Dos Santos is. I know Curtis Blades knocked him out. And Curtis Blades isn't really a striker, but Curtis Blades is Curtis Blades. So either one of these guys would get a knockout. I love this fight for DFS. Um, Either one of these guys could win in in the first round. Um, I, I don't think that... I guess JDS is more likely to win a decision should they go three rounds, but at 7,800, you know, you don't need a slate-breaking perform. You don't need 110 there. Um, both these guys, I mean, Rosenstreich in a second round finish at 8,400 isn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, so Rosenstreich's upside is clearly there. I'm just picking JDS because I think he's better technically, and I'm going to give him one more shot to prove he's not shot. And that's really what this, if you're picking Rosenstreich, you have to be telling me it's because JDS is done. And I'm fine with that pick. So load up both sides in GPP. Stay the hell away in cash games and um, see who falls down here.
0: Uh, This one, Joe. Did you call? Did you refer to Junior Junior as Chicano?
1: Uh, Isn't that his nickname?
0: Chicano, Chicano, Chicano.
1: Sagano, well, Chicano, we, 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 guys, you know, we,
0: we, brown lives do matter. So, oh uh,
1: god, don't start with that. Listen, <laughs> listen. I can. I crush the Russian names. Anything yeah. in the span in the, in the sphere of Spanish, Latin America. I am atrocious. I would rather say Devolishvili than Rodriguez. Junior,
0: like I just, junior, junior Chicago, Chicano, Chicago.
1: Chicano, Chicano, Stigano, whatever. I just okay, it um, I'm focused on not stuttering. And you gotta bring this up, Joe. Get a better camera
0: okay yeah Yeah. okay i got it um so <laughs> i'm kind of with you there sean on the dog here look i think Rosenstruck, struck obviously ha- or rosie as i refer to him um he's got a lot of power but let- let's not forget that he was losing to alistair Overeem, who i think at this point in his career junior dos santos is better um prior to getting his lips split open um and you know if that if that fight went a couple more seconds he would have lost the decision um, I got starched by Francis Ngannou, um, big time, just got leveled. Um, look, I don't know that I... Mean, I... Is, that, is that a mark against him, Joe? I don't know. No, it's no, it's not a mark against him. What I'm saying is you could throw that fight out just like you could throw out the Overeem fight. So I don't know if we, I don't think we know how good Rosie is. I mean, I would have liked to have not seen him rushed up. I thought that was a horrible mistake that he was rushed up. I wanted to see him fight C- Cyril Gagne. I mean, take two, um... You know, contender heavyweights and put them together and see what they they can do. I thought that. I don't, was, I don't like. Going do that, so. I, I wanted to see that fight big time, so I'm going to go with uh, Cigano, Junior Dos Santos here. Um, but you should certainly have a few shares uh, the other way, Chris. So I'll give you another reason why
2: you should pick um, uh, Rosentrake Doesn't have to do with um, uh, Cigano being shot. The fact that, well, not entirely. The fact that he's always been like kind of iffy defensively, but he's just been a nightmare lately. Um, in the in the over in the Engano uh, fight, he threw the wildest right hand I've ever seen anybody throw. Almost fell over and got countered. And in the Blades fight, he insisted on throwing those big rear uppercuts and left his face wide open for a wrestler to punch through it, and he did and he got the stoppage. Um, Rosenstrik is a counterpuncher to a fault. That's why it took him so long to finish uh, uh, Alistair Overeem. He always waits for his shot, uh, for better or worse. He's going to have a lot of opportunities here. And I say that thinking that um, uh, Junior Dos Santos could have a lot of success in this fight. He's got, He's still got a good jab. Uh, his hands are still pretty fast. But um, and I don't usually bet on fights that are like, oh, this guy needs to find his counter opportunity. But JDS has just been been giving those windows um, so frequently to strikers that are not as good as Rosenstrake, And um, it's just not going to pay off here. Uh, We haven't even mentioned that he still likes to back himself into the cage. So he's not going to really have room to evade at certain points especially with the small cage. And um, I just don't like any part of it. I think JDS is getting knocked out. I'm picking Rosenstreet.
1: Moving on, moving out. Here it is. The hot take for Joe. Sean O'Malley, 9,200, taking on Marlon Chito Vera at 7,000. O'Malley minus 255. Vera plus 235. Look, I'm taking O'Malley, but this is clearly the best opponent he has ever had. Um, He, you know, knock at the ghost of Eddie Wineland last time out. They gave him Andre Sukumta, who we you know, just managed to escape by because, because Andre Sukumta is stupid, but we'll, we'll go past that one. He beat Teco Quinones, who's okay at best. I think the best you could say about um, Quinones is he's okay. Um, Chito Vera is no joke in this division. He can, he can find submissions. He is, look, if he can drag O'Malley into deep water or God forbid, find a takedown. I want to see what O'Malley has off his back. You know, he talks a lot of crap about BJJ. If you watch places he trains, he he's, he's got a purple belt. Like he's not useless on the ground. But I do think there is better. I want to see how good O'Malley's ground game is, how legit it'll be in the UFC. My issue, though, why I can't get to so Mar- Vera's live, especially he's the cheapest fighter on the card. Why I can't get to picking him? He's too much of a slow starter. If you start slow against Sean O'Malley. O'Malley's gonna like jump on the feet. And O'Malley clearly has, you know, game changing power. So most expensive fighter on the card, gonna be super popular. I'm not opposed to being underweight and focusing on the mid-range, because if O'Malley doesn't get a first round finish, he probably doesn't pay off. Um so yeah, give me give me O'Malley for the win. I'll probably play some O'Malley and I'll have a little bit of Vera on the hedgeback, who I do think is live. I mentioned Joe had a hot take. I'm gonna make you wait for it though, because Chris, you're up first.
2: Yeah, um, I think you nailed it uh, from where I'm coming from there, Sean, which is just the, um, the the fact that we've seen Vera just wait around too much. And, and uh, Sean O'Malley's just way too dangerous from kicking range, and he's just going to light him on fire, I think. Now, Vera's a good kicker too, which makes this an interesting fight. We're going to see whose kicks are better. I think the answer is O'Malley's. I also think he has better hands, and he's better at uh, setting things up, setting traps, the nice uh, faint uppercut that he used to knock out Eddie Wineland I just think that um he's more active I think he probably hits harder um we've seen Vera use his wrestling a little bit more lately that could be a factor so that would be an interest um Sean O'Malley's done a lot of grappling lately he's he's been at a lot of those quintet matches um just looked it up real quick he he lost to, I have I didn't see any of these he lost to uh uh, Hector Lombard, he drew Gilbert Melendez, and then he beat um, oh, somebody. I, I just looked at it. He beat uh, Taganori Gomi, so he's been doing a lot of grappling lately. We're gonna have to see how it translates to uh, to an MMA setting. But I, um, I I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just think it's gonna be a little too much. To your point, Sean uh, Vera is tough, and I don't believe he's ever been knocked out. At least not in the UFC. So that is a No, concern. he was in there
1: with uh Douglas Silva Dion Girage, and John Lineker.
2: Yeah, and Tumlings. So um I I I think that if anybody could do it it's O'Malley because um I think he has the tools to do it. I'm picking him here. If it doesn't pay off, it's going to hurt, but I have a sneaky feeling that it might. But um, you know, just keep that in the back of your mind and uh maybe maybe if you're uncomfortable at that, target a little lower, but I like O'Malley.
1: Go, hit us up with the fire.
0: Yeah, so, um, look, I mean, I, I get the the sparks that O'Malley has, you know, presented. Um, you know, it goes part and parcel with, you know, the multicolored hair, the game playing, the the smoking of doobage. Um, I get it. Um, he's fought nobody. I mean, um, Tot wins that fight if he asks Sean O'Malley to stand up, which he could not do. Um, Teko, Okay. Ah, nothing there. 65 year old Eddie Wineland at ah, this is a test for him. Every single fight I see Vera gets better. He arguably beat Song Yadong, who was a top prospect at 135. Um, I thought he won the fight personally. I, it was close. I had a lot of song. So I was happy that song got the decision, but the, the fan in me had, uh, you know, had Vera winning. Um, He wins by submission. He wins by knockout. He wins by decision. I think his camp is going to tell him, look, you can't start slow. And I think he knows that. That's been his mantra um, ever since his, he lost a round to Guido Gennetti back in Argentina. He knows that. I think that narrative is overblown. Um, you know, look, love him at 7K. Just think about what you can do with lineup creation, with a 7K Cheeto Vera in your lineup. There's very little that you can't do, so um, I do like uh, I do like him a lot. Um, I think he's got a, he's got a great chance here. Um, I'm going to pick Cheeto by sub.
1: Cheeto round three plus 1900 wow. I like that yeah, it's not it's not It's not a bad um, not a bad stat. Yeah, if He
2: comes on. It's going to be later probably. So there you go. Right.
1: Moving on, moving out. It's time. This is it. Stipe Miocic 8200. Daniel Cormier 8000. We're going to crown the heavyweight goat. In my opinion, I, 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 is is there really an argument here? Heavyweight goat on the line? I don't think so. Uh, Cormier, has,
2: has either one of these guys beaten Fedor? I rest my case. Oh Jesus!
1: Yeah, but um, Matt Mitrione has. <laughs> yeah. <that's true. laughs> Daniel Cormier minus one ten. He's the favorite. Uh, Miocic plus one hundred. Look, we know how these fight. The first two fights played out. Cormier knocks out um Stipe in the first one, dominating the second one for 3 rounds until um, Miocic has has success with body shots in the fourth round um and finishes DC. DC just needs to back off the gas pedal a little bit and I think, you know, he's better than Stipe. He has more volume, he can clearly hang in there on the feet, he's got the better wrestling, he's outmatched in size and that's and the gas tank is a little concerning just because, um, you know, what happened last time. But he threw so much volume and he can be hurt. That That's the thing we've seen, obviously, DC finish, Stipe finished him, John Jones finished him, um, Gustafsson dropped him in their fight. People forget that, like, he can be hurt. So there's a little bit of concern there. Me, I have a stronger win the most. I, I acknowledge this fight could go either way. They are heavyweights, Stipe is underrated pretty pretty standardly throughout or pretty consistently throughout his career. I just think D.C. is too smart to make the same mistake again. Um, can Stevie make a different, adjust, a different adjustment and find a late win? Sure. Could either one of these guys find a first-round finish again? Absolutely. I think more times than not, when they walk into the cage, D.C. comes out the winner. So I have D.C. Play both sides, you know. Job, this lineup, this this fight needs to be in every single one of your DraftKings lineup. Maybe one for a hedge in case somebody faints in the back or there's an eye poke. Like pretty much all of your lineups, stack it up in cash. Let someone else make a mistake. Um, if you're that confident, go bet it instead of playing instead of doing that on DK. So because last time these two fought, they both scored over 100 on DraftKings. So give me DC. That's my pick on this card. Um, Joe, start us off with the main event.
0: Yeah, so I I like Stipe here. I picked Stipe last time. Um, I picked Stipe in the first fight. I think he was very much impaired by the eye poke. Um, I really did think it contributed to the knockout. Um, Definitely got his revenge in the second fight, working the body. It was a masterful performance. Cormier, you could just literally see the air go out of Cormier. Um, Look, I, I think there could be potentially some live betting opportunities here if Stipe does you know, lose a round or two. Um, if Stepe goes into plus money territory, I plan on making a bet, um, which I can, you know, look at maybe pressing on and live betting. Um, that's This is the one fight I have my eye on for live betting, so... He's um, plus money now, by the way. Is he a plus money? I thought it was just like minus 105, but... Um, Five dimes is plus 100. Okay, so give give me Stepe here. I like him. Um, I'm going to have share, obviously, of, of DC. I think this is a fight you should probably target 80 to 90% in your GPPs um, and have exposure. Um, so give me, give me steep Bay.
1: Chris.
2: I just want to say, uh, Sean, that um, in case somebody faints, I mean, we've been seeing that more and more. So maybe that is a legitimate concern, but um, happens. I, it does happen, but I, I'm also going with a three for three with steep Bay here. Um, I guess I I disagree that that Stipe is the better striker. I actually think that – I mean, I disagree that DC is the better striker, I should say. I actually think that Stipe is the much better striker. Uh, DC is faster, to be sure. And um, the body shots, I'm just not sure it's going to be an adjustment that DC can make because we, we know how he strikes. He grabs your hands and he tries to come over the top. Well, if you do that, your hands are away from your body so I can now hit you in the body. And if that's just going to be that, – that's just his style. That's the way he strikes. And we've seen it – it's more of a late um, career adjustment. He did it against, um, you know, both fights against John Jones and I think since the first John Jones fight. But um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does. And I, I just think that um, he say DC needs to go off the gas pedal. I don't think he knows what that means. I think there's only one way he fights at this point. He's 41, and he's coming into the, his last fight. Um, so I, is he going to change for one fight right now? I, I, I really don't see it. And I think that as far as the wrestling goes, I mean, yeah, DC got him down early, controlled him. But, you know, later on in the fight, Stipe was able to use his frame as, uh, DC gassed. And even the only other takedown in that fight was scored by Stipe. So, um, and I think another big part of this for me is that I just don't, uh, I don't see DC replicating that, that knockout really. I mean, we saw early in the second fight, DC went hit uh, Stipe with a lot of those same clinch shots and he didn't fall. So he took him pretty well. So I happen to agree with Joe there. I do think uh, some of that was probably the big shots he had taken from. He got just a couple of months earlier. I think that the speed is going to be an issue. And I, th- I think that, um, Stipe has a very real chance of falling behind early, but I think he's going to make up for that late in spades. I'm actually predicting another late-round finish here. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking Stipe Miocic. All right,
1: that's what we got for you guys for this podcast. Hit us up with hot takes. Something unexpected you think happens for UFC 252. There's always something crazy. I'll read a couple out. On the air, you guys got one queued up. Actually, I should just I should just go right over to, to Chris because Chris gave his out. You both gave yours out already. Yep, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll just I'll just recap here before I find <laughs> mine. Joe taking uh, Chito Vera straight up to beat Sean O'Malley.
2: Oh, by sub, I think, right? And by and by sub by
1: sub. Uh, sub. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of crazy ass submissions, you got Chris over here who's who's taking <laughs> who's taking uh, Felice Herrig. To submit, Verna Jandaroba. Mark it down, guys. That is that is bananas. If you get rich, one. I
2: only if you get rich, I only ask that you send me ten percent of ten
1: percent. All right, um, my hot take. Gotta find a quick spicy one here. I want to say, um, God, I. I I'm I'm pretty chalky this card. I mean, Junior dos Santos is not that much of a hot take? Uh, you know by what? I, I, my- I'll, I'll I'll give I'll give you. See, I I don't think so. But I I guess according to the odds, he, he kind of would be. Let's do this. Let's let's go to the main event. Let's let's double down my sp- my my stance here. Daniel Cormier wins by submission.
2: There you go.
1: I think he's going to get this fight down. I think he's going to find the back at some point. Give me DC by Rear Naked Joke.
2: This was actually a question asked earlier, but it is a hot take, and he wants our opinions on it. So if you would mind, uh, fellas. At a plus
1: 7,500 parlay. Dacus, Virna, Laviha, Burns, JDS, Vera, Miocic.
2: It's a mouthful.
1: That's just a lot. That's just so many 30. legs. Like I mean, some lunch money, sure.
2: Oh yeah, put throw ten uh, bucks on it and see what you get, I guess. I mean
1: you do it you get you got 750. Yeah. So uh, that's just so many legs with so much, so much questionable stuff in there. I mean, sure. I mean it's it it is it's parlay. It's fine. Uh Vince, Pichelle in round three. You know, Vince, I don't think that's a hot take, brother. I mean, I mean it's specific, but I mean, Pichelle, the, the later this fight goes, it man, has to
2: be the uh, yeah. based on odds. It has to be.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I apologize, Vince. You're right. It just that's it's one of the paths I see that fight could go. Vera second round TK second round KO by John Taylor. Like it. Uh, Eric Raymond Biggie Boy Steep Bay, Jim Miller Herring parlay. Plus got a lot of big people. parlays
2: this week, man.
1: Whew, a lot of parlays. And it's eighteen hundred, says Vince. That's uh referring to Pichelle in round three. Oh, Vince is good
2: of
1: That's worth five bucks. That that's worth a five. A, a, a five. Or anybody else? Last call. Last call. We did great on the pacing this week, guys. I am super proud of us. Last one. Take one more question from Frank A again. What's more likely, a O'Malley decision or a Vera submission?
2: I'm gonna say O'Malley Ooh. decision. Vera's tough to put away.
1: God. That's tight. I lean O'Malley decision. I lean O'Malley. Oh, think, well, we, we know which
2: which way Joe goes on this yeah, one. TJ,
1: it's come on. O'Malley,
0: O'Malley decision is like plus one eighty five. I think.
1: Is that right? DC versus Bay ends in a draw. You see, well, that's like that's oh, always god. like plus twenty
2: thousand or something, isn't it? Oh my god! I'll, I mean, buy a, I'll buy you a happy meal if that happens.
1: Right, a total. I mean, is it the most? I mean, that's the kind. Here's what's messed up. That's the kind of thing to happen in Daniel Cormier. Yeah,
2: that it is. is so
1: really. Daniel Cormier, and then he like, would
2: have to stick around for another fight.
1: Oh, God, what are the odds on this? I need to find it because that is that is so Daniel Cormier. And we're gonna, it's gonna happen. We're gonna come back, and we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it. Is And is he gonna retire? What's he gonna do? If I just draw plus sixty five
2: hundred. Oh wow! Okay, so only sixty
1: five. Right. God, that makes me want to throw up. People bet it on, 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 on the Sports International site, plus 4,600. Oh, yeah. It's been bet down. <laughs> uh, on that note, guys, go brush your teeth. Get the taste of that out of your mouth. Yeah. Enjoy this great DraftKings card. Remember to go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all the Rotowire premium content, no credit card required. Give all of us a follow on Twitter. I'm at sniper underscore DFS. That's at real Chris Olson. Needs no intro or, or kind of wrap-up summary, but he is – at Sun Tzu. Oh, before
2: we go, yeah, all right,
1: let's go, one go.
2: a go. Uh, quick little plug, my, uh, FanDuel, uh, D- uh, DFS article, and also my betting preview, which is based off the William Hill lines. Tom, it's, it's on my Twitter page that, uh, Sean just mentioned, but it's also at, uh, rotowire.com. You go to the MMA section, you'll find it all there.
1: All right, guys, on that note, get the hell out of here. I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm paying for this card. No illegal streams, guys. Pony up for this one because it is, to me it's worth the 65 bucks. However you watch it, however you play, good luck in your contest. See you next time.
0: Peace. Later,
2: everyone.